You are Locked On Boston College, your daily podcast on the Boston College Eagles, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This is Locked On Boston College, AJ Black here. Happy Tuesday, everyone. In today's episode, we have some news to get to. We're going to talk about some ideas I have for Patrick Kraft's to-do list. We're going to look at what the Boston College AD might want to look at in terms of improving the athletic department. I'm going to talk to you about why Boston College should be a top 25 team in 2021. And I'm going to go over some of the biggest surprises for BC football in 2020. So let's kick this off with just some quick news stuff. There's not really a ton of news. Um, on terms of football recruiting, because that's usually what you guys want to know about, there is uh, two new offers for the class of 2021, and they're both interesting to look at. Andre Stewart, a four-star defensive back that was committed to Auburn, just recently received an offer from Boston College. Obviously, it's a defensive back. That's someone you will always want to keep an eye on. I'm not sure where they're at with that, but he did decommit from uh, Auburn around the same time Gus Melzon left the program. Also, Garfield Lawrence, a three-star defensive end who is currently committed to Kansas, also received an offer. He's from Tyler, Texas. He's also a pretty uh, extensive offer list. I haven't spoken to either of these kids yet, so I can't tell you where uh, they are planning on or leaning on going, but it's always worth watching. You know, Jeff Halfley has a month or so to make a last push for some last recruits. And obviously, these are kids that have major Power 5 offers and have been committed to Power 5 schools. That's that's impressive. Definitely different than some of the kids last year they were getting, which were kind of under the radar. These are kids that are definitely not under the radar. They just haven't signed yet. Now, in terms of the transfer portal, the big news I saw today is that Grant Calcatara, uh, there's two new uh, crystal balls on 247 Sports for him heading to SMU. Now, I'm not sure where he's looking. You know, he's an Oklahoma kid. So, I mean, not Oklahoma, he's from California, but he obviously played in Oklahoma, so maybe he likes that area of the country. Um, we'll keep an eye on that. I believe he might be deciding soon, so... Uh, it does not look like Boston College is in good shape there, but, you know, maybe there'll be a last push for that. Uh, and in terms of basketball, there's a game tonight against Miami. It's a 7 o'clock start at Conti Forum. It's a RSN game, so it's um, Nessin if you're around the local area. Yes, if they have it, that kind of stuff. I will be watching this on my phone because I don't get Nessin anymore, and I always complain about that. But YouTube TV, you make me mad. So this is a game, just really quick, I'm not going to get into I mean, you guys don't care. At this point, as I keep saying, no one really cares about basketball, so I'm just going to kind of really breeze through this. This is two teams that are pretty poor in the ACC. Uh, obviously, BC is 2-9 with an 0-5 record in the conference. Miami's 5-5 five five with a 1-4 record in the conference, and they won their last game against NC State, winning 64-59 this weekend. Obviously, NC State's a team that beat Boston College, so Miami's a bad team. Boston College is not playing well. This has to be one of the few games on the schedule that you can circle and say, hey, Boston College could win this game. But obviously some of the big things you're going to look at is, is Steph Mitchell healthy? Is Makai Ashton Langford healthy? They cannot have a shallow bench. And 
as much as I like seeing Justin Vanderbon and Kamari Williams, this team is better with those guys, you know, on the bench at this point, unfortunately. You need to have Stefan Mitchell out there. You need to have Makai Ashton Langford. So there's no um, injury reports yet. Uh, usually in the morning, John Rothstein, who's a national reporter, I've heard he has every coach on speed dial. Uh, he gets injury reports like right out, right away in the morning. So if he gets an injury report from Christian, which he seems to always get, I will post it on the website. So check out BC Bulletin on that. And that's all I'm going to talk about for the basketball game because we'll get into the full recap of the game for tomorrow's show. Now t- let's get in, jump into my first topic, Patrick Kraft. Now a lot of people have been talking. You know they don't see him, they don't hear him. He's not on social media, so that obviously puts him at a disadvantage in terms of fans and how they view him. Um, But he is a guy that is behind the scenes. So what could he do to continue to improve the basket? I mean, improve the athletic program now jumping on Twitter. I don't think that actually does much. You know, that does not mean he's going to actually improve the basketball program or it's going to improve the football program. So here's some I was looking specifically at facilities, right? Because obviously the first thing you say is fire Jim Christian. Because I think that's what everyone's going to say. But the first thing I think, obviously, is going to be the basketball facility. You have to get that. If this is going to be an ACC program, the school needs a a basketball facility for only the men's and women's uh, program. That will immediately put BC basketball back up a level. And that's exactly what they need. So that has to be priority number one. That is not rocket science. You're probably listening to this podcast going, "No, no kidding, AJ. We know that. So that's, that's an easy one. Now let's look at football. We obviously have the fish house. What else could they do to improve the football program? And I look at Alumni Stadium and say that is a stadium in dire need of some uplifts and some upgrades in different spots. It's, you know, it doesn't have some of the amenities that you'd want to see at a uh a, a, you know, a power five program. So first of all, get rid of the bleachers as much as you can. You can put the bleachers in the upper decks. That's fine. And you can put it with the student section, students sit, but for like sections a and B and around the bowls, make those regular seats for normal people, because, you know, maybe they don't do that in every school, but it's, it's cold. People hate it. Just put regular seats in. So that would be a nice little upgrade. Another lift. Um, obviously you want to do some amenities in the upper decks, get some bathrooms in the upper deck. I, I know a lot of fans have been saying that, but these little things do make a difference, right? So those are two big things I would love to see, you know, continue to look at how you can expand amenities, concessions, and game day experience on campus. Now, obviously this year with COVID, they weren't able to do much of that, but that was something I thought Martin Jarman did a nice job of looking into and to try to build off. Now that, you know, he's there, maybe that's something he can build on. Maybe it's continuing to, you know, keep working those Newton residents, expanding tailgate hours, expanding options for fans to get on campus. Because, you know, if Jeff Halfley gets this program going, getting those fans that are just are not BC fans or even BC fans, they need to make it easier for people to get to these games. It can't be a, a freaking puzzle to figure out how to get to a BC football game. So that will be something I think he needs to continue building upon. And, you know, first and foremost, I just read this great book. It was called Saturday Day, Saturday Millionaires by Christy Dosh. And it's all about 
the the role of economics in college football. I recommend it. It's a little outdated because it talks more about the BCS than college playoffs, but it has a lot of great points in it. And it talks about how important the role of the AD is in terms of fundraising. Because in most schools, I know a lot of people, when you're talking about the economics of Boston College, they point to the endowment. That is not the operating budget that they can use to do things. As much as you want it to be, that's not how it works. So you can yell and scream about it being a billion dollar, a couple billion dollar endowment, but that's not stuff that they can use to build things. What they need is for Patrick Kraft to go out into the community and get those donations to build practice facilities, to upgrade Alumni Stadium. So that is the big thing. I want to see Patrick Kraft continue to build donor relationships with Boston College. You know, it's a boring thing to bring up, but it's so crucial for this program. If you want to see it, you know, un, you know, maybe to get a new basketball facility, a basketball only uh, stadium or a, a hockey only stadium, arena on Brighton campus. I don't know how you want to do that. You're going to need donations to do that. You need to figure that out and and get the donations in place. That's up to the athletic director to do that and to get his, you know, his donation arm moving. So I think those are some big things. I was just thinking about that because I, w- I read that book by Dosh um, and, you know, it brought up some really interesting thoughts about how economics work in college sports. So it's small plug for the book, but uh, just my thoughts. So if you have any thoughts about what you'd love to see Patrick Kraft do, hit me up on Twitter at Boston College SI or on the Twitter for this show at Locked On BC. It's football season and it is basketball season and it's all online to bet at betonline.ag. Are you ready for some football? Head on over. It's There's NFL playoff games all weekend long and the one place I would recommend you go is betonline.ag. It's the one place that has you covered and the one place we trust and they have a special deal with you for you. If you go over and open a free account at betonline.ag and use the promo code locked on, you're going to get a 50% welcome bonus. Now, there are tons of games this weekend. You have all the NFL playoffs, you have NBA, NHL. It's all up to grab all up for grabs and they have lines on everything, including futures, you know, money lines, you get it, you name it, they got it. So don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get in on the action. Don't forget to use that promo code locked on to receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Now I want to tell you about Locked On Bets. If you have not checked out Locked On Bets, you are missing out. 2020 is mercifully over. It's time for a fresh start and a few more wins. If you're betting this year and want more wins and money in your pocket, listen to Locked On Bets with your boy Q and Lee Sterling of Palmout Sports. They are picking college basketball, football, and NBA locks all winter long. And they're a great podcast to listen to. It's really interesting. Subscribe to Locked On Bets wherever you get your podcasts. This is Locked On Boston College. I wanted to bring up a topic that I saw pop up already online. Um, you know, with the season over now, with our national champions being crowned, I'm, I am recording this before the game. I'm not staying up to figure out a... a uh, a topic to talk about it afterwards. This is a Boston College podcast, and I got a day job, and I'm not staying up that late to record later. So sorry, uh, we'll talk about it later if, uh, on another day if you want. But I wanted to talk about uh, some of the news that's been popping up that I've saw, where some of the writers and different sites are starting to put their top 25 teams for next year uh, uh, together. And the question remains, you know, when I'm when I'm looking at these. 
Boston College is not named. Uh, you know, and that's not a surprise. If you follow Boston College, if you've been a fan your whole life, no matter how good these teams are going to be, they're never ranked to start a season. You could have Matt Ryan out there with, you know, one of the best defenses in the country, and they're coming back after, you know, winning uh, the Atlantic, and they're not going to be ranked the next year. It's just the way these voters go. And and this is exactly what's happening now. So I saw 247 had their top 25, and BC received two votes. Just votes, not even getting in the top 25. Brett McMurphy had his top 25, including another 15 to make 40, and Boston College wasn't even in that. So I'm looking at this and I'm going, is Boston College worthy of being a top 25 team? And honestly, take a step back. Take the maroon and gold uh, blinders off and think to yourself, do they deserve it yet? And the answer is no. They don't deserve it yet, obviously, because they finished 6-5. and five. You saw glimpses, and Boston College fans can tell you why they could be a top 25 team. We'll get to that in a second. But right now, they're not there yet. And there's no reason to go into next year and go, oh, I'm going to put them as a top 25 team because you know they have Dracovic, they have Zay Flowers, they got a good offensive line, and that defense will definitely improve. You can't, as a voter in these different polls, you can't just take that leap, unfortunately. So should Boston College be a top 25 team? No, but will they be next year? And that's the big question. Can Boston College, for Boston College to be a ranked team, they have to be, I would say, nine and three or eight and four next year. Eight and four would be a tough pull, depending on how other teams are doing. But if BC can finish nine and three, could they would be a top twenty-five team? They would definitely be near the top of the ACC and a top twenty-five team. Now. As we've said before, the top the 2021 schedule, we don't really know what's going to happen. And ACC has a new commissioner coming in, coming in, Jim Phillips of Northwestern. He could easily change things up going into next year. You know, he may a look at just keeping with keeping the schedule as is without. I mean, the the conference as is without divisions. I I would love that. Um, and then that would hold, totally change up the schedule. Or he could go back to divisions, but also reflecting upon the schedule and changing things up a little bit because of some of the teams that are playing. Like Boston College has Georgia Tech on their schedule for next year. They've already played them. Maybe they want to switch that up with another uh, divisional team. Maybe there's another team that's already played, you know, uh, their cross rival team. You know what? You know what I mean? Like they're going to figure that out. Uh, and also things like Clemson. Clemson, they're on the schedule to play in Death Valley for the third year in a row. Now, if I was Patrick Kraft, I'd be complaining about that because it's not fair. <laughs> Obviously, you do not want to be the team that gets to, has to go to Death Valley for three years straight. So there's a chance, I would say a good chance, that if you went to FB Schedules, that's a website I always use to look at schedules, and you can you can look out for like 15 years of what scheduling would look like at BC – you could look at their 2021 schedule and say, that's not going to be what they play. Plus, there is only three out-of-conference games on there, so they only have 11 games scheduled. Obviously, they're going to try to push back to 12 next year. Is it going to be an FCS school? Is Kraft going to go someplace else for another game? Who knows? So we don't know what the schedule looks like. But, you know, next year, just look at the conference as a whole. Even if they just blow up the schedule... 
and schedule what BC has, you know for the most part Notre Dame is not coming back to the ACC, so you won't have them on the schedule. The two teams that I think would be heavy favored favorites over BC obviously is Clemson and I think UNC, but we saw BC battled UNC last year. So every other game BC could win on paper. And if they improve, 9 and 3 is not that hard of a of a of a buy for me. I think BC could easily be a ranked team next year. I think that the coaching staff is smart. I think that they're recruiting well, they're building depth, they're hitting the transfer market really well, and this team is set up for success in 2021. I think this team is going to easily win nine games. I think they're going to easily be a top 25 team and that we'll be talking about Jeff Halfley as the ACC Coach of the Year next year. So when I see that they're not on there yet, I get it. As I said before, these writers, they base everything based off of the, you know, the last game that they played and maybe a little bit of projecting moving forward. But teams like Boston College never get that respect. And really, do they deserve it yet? They don't. But by the end of next year, I'm telling you, this will be a team that everyone's talking about. All right, when we come back, we're going to talk about our last piece, which are some surprises from BC football in 2020. It was something I had been thinking about. I want to talk to you about Rock Auto. One reason to repair and maintain your car is to save money that you can use for other important things like mortgage, food, or build bars, or whatever you want to whatever you want to order. Why would you choose to spend 30%, 50%, 100% more for the exact same auto parts at a chain store or new car dealership? For instance, the fuel pump assembly for a 2010 Honda Odyssey is $359 at Advance and only $216 at rockauto.com. Now, you're going to want to check this place out. rockauto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. You can you can get around this so easy and find exactly what you need. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brand specifications and prices you prefer. Best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always low and the same for professionals and do it for yourself. Do it yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much? That's crazy. Now go over to rockauto.com right now and see what parts are available for your car or truck and make sure to write locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low price prices, all the parts your car will ever need. rockauto.com. This is Locked On Boston College. We're going to continue talking about football. And I had been thinking, you know, when I'm always thinking about how to wrap up our conversations on a year, there's all these different angles you can take about talking about a team. You can talk about the MVP. You can talk about disappointments. You can wrap up by talking about statistics. I want to talk about five, actually four players that I found to be a huge surprise in 2020. Now, these are players that outlast, outdid their expectations. They were, you know, a diamond in the rough. Players that were completely out of left field that were, you know, obviously better than what you had expected. So these are some players I had thought of. Obviously, Phil Dracovic would be the first on this list. I'm not going to get into him because he obviously was one of the premier uh, quarterbacks in the ACC, and there's no way that any of us had suspected that he would be as good as he was. You know, we thought he'd be good, but to have him already be at the level that he was at, that that was a, 
outstanding. And we've talked about him a million times. So I'm not going to, he can be number five because obviously he it deserves to be on this list, but Phil Dracovic would be one of those people. Next, I'm going to tell you Dion Jones. Now, this is a guy that came from Bo- to Boston College from Maryland after a series of injuries with the Terrapins um, sort of derailed his career. He played with Azar Abdul-Rahim over there when he was the defensive coordinator, a defensive backs coach for the Terps, and he really hadn't done all that much. But, man, Deion Jones was one of the MVPs on that defense. This guy was everything that BC needed on the back half of that secondary he made plays. He was physical. He could do things in the run. He could, He was great in coverage. Um, I really was impressed with Deion Jones, and I hope he comes back for another year because he, he, he provided a veteran presence in that defense that Boston College really needed. And I think he was a huge surprise because you did not know. Obviously, you know, you look at his stat sheet and you go, oh, he might be a nice situational player. But he was he earned his spot as a starting safety and he played really well all season long. So Deion Jones, I have to put on my list. Next, and this is a name that has popped up all year long, is C.J. Lewis. Now, we've talked about what a surprise he was all year. Now, just take, again, just like with Deion Jones, take a step back to the summer and what we had thought of C.J. Lewis. When I had projected out what this depth chart would look like, I didn't really bring him up all that much because I never expected him to really produce. He has never shown that he can produce. You know, he had one year where he had a couple catches, but for the most part, I had always thought of C.J. Lewis as a big receiver, you know, that had transitioned from quarterback. He had, remember, he had uh, committed to Tennessee as a quarterback, but moved over to wide receiver when he got on campus at Boston College. Now, this year... He showed not only does he deserve to be out there, but he's one of the most valuable wide receivers Boston College has. Now, after Zay Flowers, I I would put him over Jalen Gill at this point. Jalen Gill made some nice plays, but I'm going to put C.J. Lewis above him because C.J. Lewis, especially when they get this offense going next year, is going to be invaluable when they get in the red zone. When they really get that clicking, he is a target. And Boston College does not usually have guys with that kind of length. He can jump, he can high point balls, and, you know, he did it all year long. And I believe he finished with five touchdown catches. And I think he's going to he's gonna surpass that next year. He was, I mean, in terms of, like, if you're going to pick, like, Dracovic as your number one surprise, Deion Jones would probably be number two. I'd put C.J. Lewis, like, 2A. Like, he's right there because, again, he was not expected to do what he did. And he was a humongous surprise. And I was really happy for him. He's such a nice guy. Um, and he's, he did really, really well this year. Now, on top of that, we have Max Roberts. Max Roberts was a defensive end from Maine who joined BC late in the process and immediately started making plays. He finished leading the team in sacks. I expected nothing of, of Max Roberts. No offense to him. I just, when you see a FCS transfer, especially from Maine, uh, though you saw that kid with on Baltimore, the, def- the fullback that was like 311 pounds, Rikard. Uh, so I, 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 I'm going to give Maine its due. They deserve it. They've had, <laughs> they've had a good, you know, good run at football recently. So Max Roberts comes from Maine. He misses all of summer practice. I'm just going, he, it's, he's nice, but he's not going to produce. And he leads the team in sacks. I don't know how anyone could have expected that to happen. I definitely didn't. He was one of the most, uh, you know, 
consistent pass rushers on the team. I don't agree, and it, you know everyone has the right to make their own choice. I don't know if going to the NFL was the best move at this point. I feel like maybe one more year of getting some good tape down would have been a good thing for him. But hey, I can't hate on anyone for making the choice to go try to get some money. So I thought he had a good year. I would have loved to have seen him play a little bit more. Um, but Max Roberts, he was a huge surprise this year. Because um, you were expecting, like, you know, Marcus Valdez or Shatasala uh, or Brandon Bar- Barlow to be those defensive ends. And there's this kid from Maine who comes in late in the summer and makes play after play. Uh, he, he, he was a big surprise for me. And then my final one, you know, I, I put him as a five because he was a surprise. But, you know, I'm not sure if I'd make him a huge surprise. And that was Aaron Bumeri. Um, you know, I, I think he was more of a pleasant surprise. Like, you knew he had it in him. You saw him at one year at Temple where he was kicking, you know, like close to 80%. Last year, he, he kind of got bit by the Steve Adazio special teams uh, bug where everything on special teams turns to, to dirt. Uh, but he got back to it this year. You know, back to where he should have been. And he kicked for 80% on field goals. He kicked a game winner. He kicked every extra point, I believe, other than maybe one um, all year long. And so Aaron Bumeri, and I hope he comes back because if you want a good team, you want a good kicker. And BC's got one. If he can get one more year out of playing at Boston College with this team with Scott Thurin, uh, the special teams coordinator, Boston College is immediately in good shape again. Because that saves a whole lot of headaches. And if BC struggles a little bit in the red zone like they did this year, having a kicker that can still get you points, that's a big deal. So I'm going to put Boom on there. Now, i love to hear what your thoughts are. Who do you put as the biggest surprise this year? Is it, I, I gave you five. I put Jakovic in there and the, my other four. Was there someone else that you thought was a good surprise on offense or defense? Let me know about it. Hit us, hit me up on Twitter at LockedOnBC. You can check out our, our site, Twitter, at Boston College SI. Make sure to check us out on Facebook. We're going to do another Thirsty Thursday on Thursday on uh, Facebook, but you gotta you got to follow us. So make sure you go to Facebook.com slash Boston College SI. Um, I do a live stream on Thursday where I just talk about stuff and questions that you have. Last week, we talked about everything, whether it was transfers or you know, Jim Christian, we talked about food at Conti Forum. There was, you know, we did, uh, uh, I, I pulled the audience and talked all about, about some stuff. So check us out there as well. I am the editor and publisher at Boston College SI. Uh, you can find me at BC Bulletin. I mean, I could do these plugs all day, but thank you all for listening. We'll be back tomorrow. We'll talk a little bit about the national title game. Um, I'll give you my thoughts on that. We'll talk about the Miami BC basketball game and any news that's popped up. So take care, everyone. We'll see you again soon.